This is, I think, the closest that we're ever going to get uh, to me reporting live from Sundance because I'm currently in Hot Springs, North Carolina, and the atmosphere is thin. Oh, wow. you've been lightheaded all t- yeah. the whole time you've been there? Yeah, I mean, we, it, yeah, we did, you know, the we, I just got here like. 45 minutes ago but the you know the last like hour-ish of the drive was pretty high elevation Mm -hmm. we were you know seeing clouds at eye level and whatnot uh yeah and it's a real reminder of oh yeah this is why i should never go to sundance you know what Uh, i'm gonna make a bold claim right now one of the can i kick it hosts will be at sundance 2024 (laughs) In person, in yeah, in person, twenty twenty four. I think twenty. Yeah, it's it's not going to be me, but I yeah. believe that. I mean, I feel like Amelia is the one who would be like, "Yeah, I'll do that," and then. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, who, which of us see how it would right. go? Uh, yeah, I would be. Yeah, I guess the thing I it always is with any of these other festivals is like where I haven't done them before is like I'm scared to figure out like how to lodge and how to get there like especially like and and especially because we've all only i've only been to film festivals that are uh i do not have to fly to i haven't sure Uh i haven't flown since like college i haven't flown that's crazy wow um so i would be a little nervous to do air travel for the first time in a long time just because it's been i mean Mm -hmm. i'm not even like particularly scared of planes but you know i'm a bigger Uh person and like there's all sorts of like questions about how that goes on planes and I've heard horror stories, Mm -hmm. so... (laughs) Anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, well, I I hope your high altitude, uh, you you adjust soon enough. Uh, Yeah, hopefully. I I hope that uh, my voice is not traveling through the air to the microphone in a way that makes it me sound different (laughs) yeah uh... and remember to adjust your uh your your plans if you're if you're heating up any frozen items or anything because i know that that does affect things uh uh, the the you know what i do well i don't have anything frozen (laughs) i did i brought some uh microwave popcorn in case i wanted a little snack uh but you know popcorn tells you when it's done that's right you can you that'll be great Yep. Cool. Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by... Andy Germuga. Uh, number one air fact stand, Colin Hatchley. <laughs> We're just bringing back number one stand, huh? That's just what's happening now? Uh, it can come and go. All right. Uh, but it's no longer retired. It was always just in the cut. <laughs> Chillin. All right, all right, all right. Sure. And uh, all right. our friend uh, Amelia yeah, Diaz well, is uh, yes. joining us a little later on. Uh, yep, to talk about the film Killing Them Softly. Get excited for that yeah. conversation. I wonder but what first, I think about it. <laughs> first, we've got uh, some news to go through uh, from a panoply of festivals, as is often the case at this time of year that's right it's uh, august baby. first 
First, I want to drop a real bombshell, which is that the uh, runtime for Alejandro Gonzalez's Inuritu's Bardo has finally entered the realm of the finite. It will be 174 minutes long. Really short. Yeah. Yep. A really yep. trim runtime for him. He's really yeah. uh, learned all his mm-hmm. lessons and is uh, certainly is not, long? not being too uh, indulgent. Yeah, Revenant's, Revenant's long. It's not, it's not that long. It's like but two it's, and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, Birdman is like yeah. a tight 90 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or like 100 maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that movie... It flies by. Nothing... Yep. No, yeah, nothing bad to say about that movie. No, certainly uh, I guess I didn't know how long... I don't know how you would do it. Yeah. Uh, and then... Toronto has been pretty quiet this week. Maybe they'll announce something tomorrow morning on the morning that this is released and make us look like idiots. But Maybe. as we're talking now, because well, I mean, well, uh, with them, we've got they've got one more week, and then they're announcing the schedule the following week, right? So right, which like I think they probably want usually to do. the week. Yeah, so they're announcing the schedule a week from this coming Tuesday, and so like usually they're like. A couple of last-minute things right. that come with the it schedule. It seems like they're going to do the last-minute ones up big. Yeah, there's like year. a fair amount of stuff to do next week. Okay. Uh, which you know they want to. They want the to. They want to. Yeah, they, they want to use those eye emojis next week. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we did uh, get the announcement. Colin doing his impression of uh, eye emojis right yeah, now. Well, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I mean, given how well that translated for me looking at the Zoom, it's going to translate great for people not looking at the Zoom. Uh, but anyway, they did, they gave us a couple of uh, eye emojis this week. Uh, first, they announced uh, that Dolly Land will be closing the festival, yes. directed by... Uh, Mary Heron, yes. starring Ben Kingsley, also starring Ezra Miller, for who for some reason is not in the press release. I don't know why they would yeah. want to hide that DC's The Flash is in their uh, recent Oscar winner film. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right, entered the Speed Force. Um, That's why they up. posted the single Maybe. eye emoji, because Ezra Miller's there, and so is Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and also to be clear, this is Dolly is in the painter, and Dolly? not if you're just yep. hearing it, Dolly Land is like about either Dolly Parton or Dolly the clone sheep. To uh, quote, uh, if, it were about, if it were about Parton, it would be Dolly. That's uh, yeah. Place. To quote uh, Adrian Brody's dynamite impression from Midnight in Paris, Dolly. <laughs> I was really worried about what Adrian Brody. <laughs> You were getting Dude. impressed. Uh, yeah, I guess so. And luckily, <laughs> it was only know. the Woody Allen yeah, movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to do sleight of hand like him as Houdini. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they also announced the uh, the primetime. One of my program. favorite they did also, sections. Uh, <laughs> they did also, they did a press conference about Canadian films, which I think most of which had already been announced, but I think... I think they did announce some new movies at that yeah. press conference. Did we not maybe? get a press release about it or email? No, there wasn't a press release, and they're not on the website. Wow. So I've, 
I they I don't think any of them were like famous movies. There were a couple of sure. them where I saw someone go, "Oh, I kind of know that director." They really called uh, our bluff as far as how much we're willing to pay attention to them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they streamed it on Twitter. I sure. uh, I can't remember. I think I was busy. I bet this I was, was Wednesday. At work. Yeah. This was Wednesday morning. It was why they announced the primetime program at nine. Right. Which meant we got early eyes. That's right. And then this today on Thursday, I was like waiting for eyes all day, and we never got him. Uh, but yeah, in the primetime program anyway. Uh, you know, we've got, there's a TV show that Clea Duvall worked on. Right, which is a Tegan and Sarah project of some sort. Yeah, it's based on a mem, I think it's like based, I think it's based on a memoir of theirs. It's called High School. Uh, we've got season five of The Handmaid's Tale, a show that is still on. Absolutely. I'm finding out. News to me, yeah. Um, I swear, I thought that, like, two years ago, they put out season five, and it was the last There was, season, like, an evil's, but... Evil Dies Tonight promo run of, like, the final season of The Handmaid's Tale. I'm 100% positive. <laughs> you are making this up. This has never occurred. Um, but I believe Elizabeth Moss uh, directed these episodes of their show. Wow. Ones, so that's uh, It exciting. looks like she directed one, of, one of them. them. Yeah, the There's, yeah, the credited directors are Bruce Miller and Elizabeth Moss. And, like, from what I can tell, all of these are two episodes, including The Kingdom Exodus, the Lars von Trier uh, thing that's premiering at Venice. Venice. Right. And Venice has the whole thing. Do they? makes Tiff getting... They do, yeah. They've I thought he was still working it. on it. Was he is Cause... apparently because <laughs> okay. he was recently I know, announced sadly that he was, diagno- yeah. was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Yes, and he was like, he's then they were like, he's gonna finish it up. He must be pretty close because yes, the whole thing is premiering at Venice. Yeah. Or that, you know, the schedule says six hours, which is the whole thing. Sure. And then... uh, Tiff only has two episodes, which is just kind of like. This is always just the thing with TV at festivals, where I'm like, even if it sounds interesting, or even if I'm, like, ex- actively excited by it, I'm like, am I gonna see, like, two episodes of something, and then just, like, wait a month to watch more of it? It's just like, right. I don't know. It... <laughs> I or do mean, you even yeah. go for the six-hour, like, full thing, like... If they did the whole thing and I could make time for it, yeah, I probably would try because it's Lars von Trier. Though there's also the complicating factor of Mubi says that they have restorations of the, new of the first yeah. two seasons, and I don't know when they're gonna put those out. So if I, you know, when I catch up, I'd rather watch yeah. those. So I imagine that as much as I, you know, yeah. he is maybe my favorite director who has a movie uh, at this festival. Or who has something at this festival, I probably will not be making time for it. Yeah. You know, we'll see. If Mubi throws up those restos and uh, it fits in the schedule, maybe. Yeah, and then, He's um, certainly not going to be there. He doesn't fly. Yeah. Uh, maybe he'll send one of the little crazy... Yeah. Um, there's uh, the real flop of their primetime section is No Copenhagen Cowboy. Um, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, I assume will be on Netflix later this year. Um, Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they announced. They had a runtime for the 
uh, at Venice, but I don't know if it was the full thing, because Tool to Die Young is, like, 12 hours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they Who knows? and they famously showed like episodes like four they showed and eight like or indiscriminate episodes. It was like one, three, and seven. <laughs> right. At yeah. Camp. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they also like Xavier Delon made a TV show that I think is done and is premiering by the end of the year that they also are not showing. That's funny. Which is that's crazy. Yeah. John Donovan yep. was such a hot ticket. He's like a big. My biggest for regret them. of yeah. that, that Tiff was not getting in the rush line for John F. Donovan. <laughs> Yeah, what could you? That was like the the, the first my first our first year going to TIFF. That was like the only thing Mm -hmm. I was interested in that like was sold out when I tried to book my ticket package. It was very. That was like weirdly like a stand movie also that year because you had like a Star is Born. Oh sure, and that one weirdly also had like like, yeah, it was like a weird a weird culture around it. I remember. So I guess we shouldn't. Me and Andy shouldn't get too attached to trying to see uh, Baby Ruby, the best wool yeah. discovery. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The Kit Harrington. Well, we're stand. we're well, we're pressed. I guess though, right, right. We're pressed yeah. now. No, the Kit yeah. Fans, That's the play. They right. can't keep us out. I anymore. believe the Harry Styles fans would have gotten press accreditation. I don't believe the Kit Harrington. Yeah, they. Fans would. I. Yeah. You know, not that I want to see my policeman, but I. I wouldn't try that one. Yeah. Uh, and the Spielberg stands are all press anyway. So. That's right. That <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, please let me get into yeah. the Fablemans, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to have to line up three hours early. Evan um, is playing when he's there. <laughs> I know. Good. Let's not get into it. I, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, we also have... Uh, New York Film Festival has done some significant announcing yes. this week. Last last you uh, heard from us, there were I think three movies announced. Three till in the, uh, there were three in the main slate, and then there was Till because there. Last you heard from us, there was well, they hadn't announced opening and centerpiece. Where had they not announced? No, I think the, we the announce about the, the announcement for James week. Gray came on the day the episode came out. Came out on okay. on Friday. Well then, the, okay. Well then that. James Gray got added. Uh, it's a special 60th anniversary screening. Uh, so they're giving it a special, like, panache, but not putting it as one yeah. of the main, It's like... 60 days old. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's what is happening with mm-hmm. Armageddon Time. Yeah, we were all right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, the, and but there's no premiere status on that. So right. presumably, it, it's, well, it that means, means, yeah. I think that just means it will be at Telluride and or TIFF. Right. We'll find out. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll dig well, deep if it, into... Right. It, it, it'll be either we'll, just at Telluride or it'll be at Telluride and TIFF, right? Oh, you're if right. if it was at TIFF, it would be... It, yes, American you're right. Premiere. If it was just at TIFF, it, it will... Yeah, that's correct, I think. Uh... Yeah, we'll dig. We're we're about to dig deep into premiere stati statuses. Uh, But then we also got the closing film, which I think was a big surprise. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Elegance Bratton's The Inspection, which was announced as part of the Discovery section at TIFF last week. The opening uh, opening that section, yes. And I don't think we mentioned it. It. I Um, no. I don't. There's no. There's. uh, I. You know. I. What's his, the actor's name? Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Pope. Pope. Yes, I'm somewhat familiar with him. I haven't seen him in anything, but I know he's a big stage actor. Mm-hmm. Who was totally right, nominated. yeah, because he, he's in that 
movie that's coming out next year that's, uh, or maybe it's, like, just about to shoot that is, uh, it's Basquiat and Warhol and him and Paul Bettany did it on stage and are doing the movie now. Sure. Uh, and I think that's a Anthony McCartan script, both the play and the sure. movie, and got bad reviews wherever it played. But anyway, yeah, he's a, he's a big theater guy. Yeah. Uh, Gabrielle Union, also in it. Right. Uh, based on the director's experience in the military during the Don't Ask, Don't Tell era. Did we say the title? It's called The Inspection. <laughs> the yeah, we Inspection. said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. good. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I'm now, you know, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, normally when a movie kind of, like, comes out of nowhere and is one of the galas at uh, New York Film Festival, it's been a premiere, like, uh, miles ahead years ago, the Don Cheadle movie, which, like, I saw and was fine, but, like, the fact that this is not a premiere and is doing that kind of coming out of nowhere... You know, right. one would think means that they, like, have some confidence in it. Right. Uh, and it's like, you know, it's certainly interesting to see them use the both the centerpiece and the closing splot right. in this way where, like, you know, I, I will certainly admit that, like, if I had bought a centerpiece and closing package, I wouldn't be, like, excited. But like, Right, they're using you know, the slots to raise the film's profiles rather than, like, using right. the... Pro, the film yeah. the films to raise yeah. the the slots yeah which is interesting and like it seems like yeah like the the slots that will maybe like be trying to raise the profile of the festival i assume will be in spotlight which it sounds like the plan is to announce next week mm -hmm. uh which you know like i think if the main slate committee wanted to have more say over what goes in the main slate that that seems fine it it is just a little weird when those gala tickets are very expensive but you know we'll see how it goes maybe these movies are both just great and everyone will be happy uh but then yeah uh in the main slate we have uh i've got some things to go over and of course we've got to start with snubs mm -hmm. uh i think probably the biggest one is uh Tori and Lakita, the Dardenne's yeah. movie. Them them being cut off is like, whoa, didn't see that. Prize coming. winner at Cannes, uh, too. They won, they won an award again. It so. did. I mean, they always win a That's prize. That's like Kent Jones is gone, gone. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and like the other Kent Jones is gone is Def Shan, who I wasn't expecting, but he was back in Ken competition. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and then like what another one that I'm like, oh, that's interesting that's not there's godland from uncertain regard i think it's always just like unpredictable what movies they'll take from uncertain regard but that seemed like it was kind of the critical standout especially among the sort of like higher brow crew that comprises the main slate committee uh and then also love life the koji fukada movie from ven uh venice competition i kind of thought they might take i think they've taken him before and this is his first time in competition at one of the big three in europe and then there's other stuff that 
could still show up in uh, Currents. A couple examples of that would be uh, Coma, the Bertrand Vanilla film, which I saw and is real good. Will of the Wisp, the Joao Pedro Rodriguez movie, which Emilio saw and says is good. Human Flowers of Flesh, I was also kind of surprised didn't pop up here. I've been talking up, like, this movie's gonna be interesting. It feels like almost since we started the podcast, it finally popped up in Locarno competition. Uh, her first movie was at New Directors, New Films. Uh, I saw that one, too. We're gonna talk about it a little more next week. Uh, but those could be in Currents, and then also, like, the bigger stuff could end up in Spotlight. I think even, like, I think even something like Broker that, like, didn't get as good reviews and isn't, like, a big American movie, but still, like, obviously Song Kang-ho is very famous, Duna Bay is very famous, IU is very famous, I'd be... I, I think the... Uh, Spotlight last year it was basically, like, either big American movie or documentary from, like, a name-brand auteur. Uh, so this wouldn't necessarily fit in either of those categories, but I'd be curious to see if they'd use a slot on something like that that might still have some buzz, but that is also just doing TIFF. Uh, in the latter category, I think I would not be surprised at all to see the Ethan Cohen, Jerry Lee Lewis documentary in Spotlight. Uh, Women Talking is a movie that, like, I kind of thought, like, Sarah Polly's coming back. We talked about her last week. I feel like people are going to want to, like, build her up. I thought she might be in Venice competition. I thought she might be in the main slate. I still think the movie's going to be good. As I said, I saw it, but, like, and it could certainly still show up in Spotlight, but it's not here yet. Uh, and, like, you know, uh, I, I will be curious to see if they manage to snag the Fablemans as well. Uh... Or if that's going to be just a TIFF thing, they may have managed to lock that down. And, you know, uh, both, there, there's a ton of stuff that, like, could have been in the main slate that could still show up in Currents and Spotlight. And I, it sounds like we'll probably be able to talk about both of those next week. Uh, moving on to what is in the main slate, normally you like to pair snubs with flubs, <clears> but... I don't want to call anything that's been put in the main slate of flub sight unseen. Uh, so, but, but I do have some non-obvious picks that hopefully will be exciting. Uh, there are a couple of Sundance documentaries that are popping back up here. Uh, All That Breathes and Descendant. Uh, I think All That Breathes, I was hearing people say like, oh yeah, I could see that being like a thing that gets buzz and gets one of the Oscar slots. Uh, the two movies they did take from Uncertain Regard are kind of like, I think, the higher profile ones. Uh, both of them have distribution. I know IFC is putting out Corsage um, with Vicky Creeps mm -hmm. at the very end of the year. And then it might also be IFC or maybe it's Sony Pictures Classics who has Return to Soul. Uh, by director Davy Chow, uh, which is also in Discovery. I think I mentioned mm -hmm. last week that it was one of two non-world premieres in the Discovery section yeah. at TIFF, mm -hmm. so it 
you know, I, I out of uncertain certain regard, it was like one, you know, it was obviously one of not that many movies there that got distribution, but I wasn't necessarily hearing a ton about it. So it is interesting to see that like festivals seem to want to get this. Uh, another movie that is a little, uh, just, I might not have expected, uh, them to pick it up just because I don't think, uh, the director's last movie, uh, Bait, uh, played anywhere at Lincoln Center. I don't think yeah, it was Yeah, that was like a big London premiere. The festival. Yeah, and I don't think it even did, like, maybe it did do new directors, new films, I can't remember, but, uh, Mark Jenis and this man from, uh uncertain regard we also i keep talking up saint omer this movie by uh alice diop it's popping up here too that's another like it seems like people are trying to position this as like a big deal i wonder if now with terry Fremo no longer on the can selection mm-hmm. i mean the the, the oscar, the oscar selection, selection committee if maybe maybe this is the kind of thing maybe opens up some room for it um another one that i had not heard anything about is uh stonewalling uh directed by Huang ji and ryuji otsuka and i do want to put a pin in that because that is premiering in the giornate section at venice which we have forgotten to talk about as of yet so we will get to that in a little bit uh, and then also a movie that I hi- did highlight when we were talking about Venice from Orizanti, uh, Trenke Lauken from El Pampero Cine, directed by Laura Citarella, uh, who is a producer on Mariani Yunus's films. He is also a part of El Pampero Cine. There's actor crossover. This movie's four hours long. I'm real pumped. It's a North American premiere. I'm mad. Uh... <laughs> Hope I get to see it. Uh, and then we finally get to go in on premiere status. Mm-hmm. The North American premieres, which means no Telluride, no TIFF. Uh, that's what it means. Yeah. Uh, I guess it... They, they, well, I, I also, I'm always confused about how Vancouver plays into this because it happens like at the same time as New York. So I don't know if they like... They send each other specifically talk dates, about yeah. their schedules, or if they just kind of guess. Because, uh, like, when we talk about the U.S. premieres, I think there were some U.S. premieres that weren't at TIFF, that were at Vancouver. So, but North American premieres, we know firmly. No Telluride, no TIFF. Uh, we knew White Noise already. Uh, Alcaraz, the Golden Bear winner by Carla Simone. Uh, Master Gardener, the Paul Schrader, mm-hmm. uh, Novelist, the film, the Hong, which, like, that, I wouldn't have expected to be at Telluride, and I also wouldn't have expected Tiff to They could have done a double, like, Hong. I mean, New York does the double a lot. They could have, but, yeah. but they wouldn't. Sure, sure. Uh, Scarlet, the, uh, Pietro Marcello, uh, which has been acquired by Kina Lorber for release next year, who also put out Martin Eden. Uh, and then the three, three, I guess the three big new bummers, because uh, already uh, white noise. Uh, one of them is Trenke Laukin, which I just mentioned, and then also showing up in Stars at Noon. Yeah. So 
a big... Th- th- this announcement was largely an L for me. Sure. Uh, but what can you do? Uh, uh, and then U.S. premieres, which, as I said, it probably means it'll be at TIFF, but could also just do Vancouver, so... Hopefully there's some good news in here. We'll maybe see. We should see in the next week. Uh, but the Frederick Wiseman movie, A Couple, mm-hmm. is uh, right. a U.S. premiere. And this man, which I just mentioned. EO, that would be that'd be a big uh, bump for the, the TIFF lineup if Eon, they could get yeah. the donkey in there. If they bring the donkey uh, to the fest, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they bring, I mean, that should bring seven donkeys. But if they can do that, they're they're cooking. Would that make uh, you feel better about not getting white noise? <laughs> yeah, if they bring all seven donkeys <laughs> to TIFF, I will admit that Toronto has done the better job of putting on a festival this year. I respect it. Uh, you hear that? And then, uh, then also, Cameron yeah. Bailey. Then also, stonewalling. <laughs> How long there is it to fly a donkey across it. the world? <laughs> I mean, I would stick him on a boat right now. Is what boat. I would do. Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think right now, put seven donkeys on a boat. Andy, just go <laughs> yell out. I load it up with hay. <laughs> I think. I think this boat should be seven donkeys and just one guy. <laughs> And he uh, should have a camera. EO too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he should vlog. Yep. Yeah. This is if you listen. Jersey, if you're we're listening. throwing out. We're throwing out fire. Jersey, Cameron Bailey. Uh, get in touch, and we'll uh, talk. Maybe I cut this. <laughs> Don't want to get it out to the public. Too good of an idea. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and then Stonewalling, the, uh, the uh, I think it's a Chinese production. The director's, uh, one of them is Chinese, and uh, one of them is Chinese, one of them is Japanese. Uh, that is from Giornate. Uh, that also, U.S. premiere. And then other stuff that just, like, has been announced for, uh, TIFF already. Uh, and so, and then yeah, there's there's also stuff that just doesn't have a premiere status. Like I think we said Armageddon time, so we don't know about that. I think Tar also didn't have any kind of premiere status, so maybe that gets added. Another yeah. in in terms of potential TIFF editions, I heard that uh, Netflix is doing a junket. A press junket for Blonde in Toronto towards the end of TIFF. Mm. So perhaps we're looking at that getting added. Or maybe there just will be a press screening that we'll have to weasel our way into. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I'll be very interested in trying to get into that press screening, for sure. Well, yeah. Although Uh, I don't know what I thought of uh, Killing Them Softly yet. We'll find out soon. (laughs) Yeah, we'll find out. If Andy's interested in weaseling into the the blonde press screening that isn't part of TIFF, that might not exist. Um, uh, and then, yeah, as promised, Giornate, the final sidebar of Venice, which was announced a couple days after the rest of the Venice lineup, and we just uh, never got to it. Uh, but uh, some other highlights from that lineup, we've got In Competition... Uh, Padre Pio, the Abel Ferrara film, starring 
Yep, back again. Shia LaBeouf also back again to star in that film. And back again to Venice. Uh, yep. Thank goodness yep. that Shia LaBeouf is yeah. Still He's been this. gone too long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. he did something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also got the closing film is uh, The Listener, directed by Steve Buscemi and starring Tessa Thompson. Uh, Steve Buscemi, of course, has of late directed a lot of TV, yeah. uh, but has also directed plenty of films. I know Trees Lounge from the 90s, I feel like people really mm-hmm. like. Uh, he's back in the feature world. Uh, and then they've got a short section, which has new shorts from uh, Carla Simone and Janixa Bravo. Yeah. So look forward to those popping up on movie in nine months. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think that's it. I yeah. threatened to filibuster on Sharpstick because I forget to talk about it on... Uh, special presentations but i don't think i like have anything to say it just it's real good yeah. lena's a queen funny movie you'll see it uh yeah uh and with that uh I- i'll rejoin you in a moment from sea level all right and we're back to talk about andrew dominic's 2012 film uh can competition title killing them softly what do we think of this one? Andy? I'm in my I'm... pain with his fingers. <laughs> I'm very curious what Andy thinks. Uh, I hate it. It's one of the worst things I've ever had to watch for this show. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, just uh, empty, cynical nonsense that uh, is uh, style over substance every time, and the style's irritating as hell. So, uh, no. yeah. Piece of shit. Hated it. Well, alright. Uh, I don't I don't disagree that it's style over substance. I just like the style. Uh, and it is quite cynical, but so am I. So what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Very- I, uh, I mean, I, I expect... I had seen it, like, probably not that long after it came out. And I expect... And I liked it, but expected it not to hold up. And I was just like, no, it's still good. Yeah, I was in a similar boat. I think um, I used... Not that I liked it less, I think I just uh, was... um, When I saw it, you know, I was younger and I was just, like, very excited by... Yeah. I mean, I think the... Like, the style is very good. I really like... um, what he does visually especially um Mm -hmm. and it's just like a showcase for a lot of great performances right mostly like yeah like you know like guys like it's great to see gandolfini Mm -hmm. and uh leota and jenkins and also like i believe it is the movie that introduced me to uh scoot mcnary and ben mendelson who are like two of our best yeah, that was like watching it when it came out. I was like, I gotta see that movie Black Sea or Black yeah, Gold, I, whatever. <laughs> I did see Black Sea. It's really boring. Neither well, of them do much in it. I'll be able uh, to crack it for sure. Maybe. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, and then, like, famously, this movie is very hated. It is, like, a classic one of the um, F cinema score, whatever that means yeah. to, you know, whoever, like, the audience is. Here, here's the okay, thing, good. though. People... I think I always knew that about it, of people talking about, like, the F-Cinema score and people not responding kindly to it, whatever. This movie was, was had, like, positive critical acclaim and made money. Right. Sure. It's more of, like, uh, how much money? Did it really, like, make good money? I mean, that it, it made twice about. its budget. Like, it, like okay. whether or not it, like... Sure. That's yeah. It was that's not a hit, not bad. but it, it yeah, wasn't like a it, disaster. Nobody was like sure. mad at it. Yeah, yeah. No, I I had the same thing where I was like, audiences rejected it, but it didn't like. It was it, it is mostly seen as like, oh, this is like a weird little movie that mostly people who like movies actually like. There's a big pan of it from. Uh... Adam Naiman on reverse shot. Mm. He uh, really dislikes it. and That uh, sounds right. But also, I mean, yeah, just like speaking generally that people don't like it. Um, like looking at my letterbox feed, there's a lot of like middling at best reviews. Uh, there's a few yeah. like people who really love it. Um, and I used to really love it, but now I think it's like very good mostly. Um, yeah. And I, I rewatched Jesse James uh last night as we're recording this and really love that one still and think that one is like incredible and but like the thing that people i think especially the people who hate it and even people who like it don't like is the i guess like blunt political allegory (laughs) and uh i feel like that is a classic feature not bug situation (laughs) i mean i don't dislike the political allegory i just don't have any like strong feeling about it i'm just like yep sure but that works this is like i mean maybe just i guess nonsense to complain about someone who's not taking this position right now but it is like people complain that it's like unsubtle and it's like yeah it's like so unsubtle that it is the radio is the narrator of the movie basically and like is telling you what characters are doing before they do it, and I was just like, it's, there was, um, Peter Labuza wrote about it at the time, comparing it to, like, noir, which is, like, obviously it's got, um, those lines to draw, and just, like, the political nature of noir, like, back in the 30s and 40s and 50s of, like, how, um, blunt that would be in a similar regard, and, uh, I, I just think it, it works in a very, uh, interesting way for me, and then, like I said earlier, like, um, visually, it's great. I think the uh, the scene where they uh, or both scenes where they attack Leota are so crazy looking, and like his uh, his death scene is really really brutal, and like the slow mo mm-hmm. is very oh the slow mo this fucking slow mo I hate it so much. <laughs> what's what's the hate about slow mo? It's so it's just like glorifying this like awful hideous thing and like making these guys I look so cool and so they do not look cool at all yeah, <laughs> yeah. the opposite it is like emphasizing how disgusting it is uh, which is like no, I, it's I don't elevating know it to like <laughs> art no. or what, like to high art what and. Uh, I I strongly disagree with that. I don't, you know, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily, like, a 
uh, any, like, noble point that's being made about the disgustingness, but I do not think that this movie is, uh, glorifying violence in any way. When they, like, beat the shit out of Ray Liotta so much that he throws up, like, twice. Yeah. I don't think it's, like, look how cool Max Casella is. It, I mean, well, it, but, it, and, but, and it's, like, rain, like, I don't know. There's all that, like, and it's, like, well, like, they're doing what's gotta be done or what, and, like, I don't know. I hate, I hate No, they're it. not. I hate it. They all just suck. Yeah. Well, then why make a movie about these people? They fucking suck. I don't care about them. I don't want to see them. I don't want to hear them. <laughs> the way they talk is so irritating and grating. It's the worst fucking thing. Oh, my I God. I mean, that is the thing also of, like, rewatching Jesse James. Like, Dominic does have, like, a... He loves, like, flowery dialogue and, like, putting it in the context of, like, the seedy... Where are they at? I, in my mind, I want to say New Orleans, but I think it's, like, Boston, it's right? Boston. It's yeah, Boston. Okay. It's Boston, yeah. but I mean, they shot it in New Orleans. Sure, okay, so that's what that's it is. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, the seediest, like, Boston, like, lower-than-scum criminal, like, yeah. freaks. And, like, Mendelssohn and Gandolfini being, like, the grossest guys ever. Yeah. You got McNary, just like a hard person to watch in a thing in a way that it's like compelling. Where you just like, mm-hmm. oh wow, what the fuck's happening here, man? Uh, <laughs> just like, one of the worst voices I've ever had. I think it's really funny. It is um, very funny, but it, it is yeah. just like there is nothing cool about this. He is just like very wormy, and then and in a way like, I, I, it's like almost like. I guess it's, that's very reductive to say about this kind of movie, but it's sort of Coenzy, but, like, nobody's charming, really. Everybody's sure. just, like, the most, like, disgusting, like, not clever, not funny version mm-hmm. of th- that sort of character. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, even, like, the Pit character, you can point right. to, like, a bunch of Coen Brothers characters, but he's just, like, an asshole who is very dominant. I think his last speech is, like... Maybe the point where the movie tips too far when he has to be like, when he has to acknowledge the Obama speeches. And maybe yeah. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. The point where he takes it too far, but I think he's very good. Like him, just like him and Gandolfini, like a bunch of scenes. Like you can't not like that's just like Great. classic just yeah. stuff of just like Gandolfini being so sad and just like just like the the wormiest person to ever exist. Yeah. Being just, like, sad and so evil to everybody. Like, the first scene where he's talking to the bartender, or not even the bartender, the waiter, and he's like, how long did it take you to get these or whatever? And he, like, quadruples down on that bit, and Pitt's like, come on, man, like, it's fine. And then when he gets back to him at the hotel, and he's, like, with the sex worker, that is, I I forgot about, like, I remember that scene, because it's, like, he's only got two scenes, and it's, like, a very, Mm -hmm. uh, I think, iconic performance from him. (laughs) But you have, um that with the way that he's like just talking about her and Pitt's like Jesus man like even him like can't handle how Mm -hmm. just like uh, lascivious he is yeah and uh there's this thing about TV shows and movies that I have which is that like a character is supposed to like be gross physically but they're like clearly like very clean and manicured. Sure. So it is nice to see Mendelssohn and be like, yeah, he does generally look and like he smells bad. <laughs> yeah, when he's like, we're, the scene where they're like 
taking the dogs in the car and there is like visible shit all over the windows and he's like yeah i just didn't shower afterwards it's like what are you doing man and there's Mm -hmm. also the scene where he's like uh him and mcnary before they do the um i think it's right before it it might be right after they do the uh the first like robbery of the uh card game where he's like talking about having sex with dogs and just like referencing it like obliquely in a way but it's like mm-hmm. he's just like they'll bite you i've heard <laughs> you gotta be careful is what yeah. i've heard and it's like this guy is truly just mm-hmm. like scum <laughs> yep i do think also like you said emilio the um the last scene where Pitt's like everyone's you know america's about money or whatever and he's like <laughs> underlining underlining uh, but then it cuts to the song, the money song in the credits, I think is, like, a very funny undercutting of, like, Pitt, who's basically at the top of the pyramid of, like, these scummy guys, but he is, like you're saying, just, like, uncharismatic and, like, a loser, <laughs> and it, it just, I think, is sort of... Oh, I don't think he's uh, uncar- He he's just, like, there is no bones about him being, like... Have it being even a person who has like a code or whatever, you yeah, would, sure. you yeah. would give mm-hmm. that to like a sort of like movie scumbag to be like, well, at least he works by like something. Where he, no, the movie clearly presents like he wants money, he sort of thinks this is how the way the world works, like these are the rules. The rules he's willing to follow is just like whatever gets him out of trouble. Like, and any rule he or code he has is purely about self preservation and not. About like what's the right things to do, right way mm-hmm, to do yeah. things or whatever. Like he's just very gross in that. Richard Jenkins is funny. Really, Leo, Leota I think is the best person. Leota's very. He, he's good. so like I mean he's just uh, so tragic and like the scene mm-hmm. where he's like I'm like telling you the truth like I like on my mother or whatever mm-hmm. I did not do this and he just like keeps getting beat up. It's so brutal to watch. Yeah, and I think the robbery, he plays it very well of him being, like, trying to convince him to not do it because he knows, like, he's the person who's going to get in trouble Mm -hmm. for doing it. And also, like, that kind of a guy who's just, like, he can't keep his mouth shut, so, of course, he would snitch on himself that he stole the money because he's just, Mm -hmm. like... And And also, um... I miss him. I mean, yeah, it's him him and Gandolfini, it is, like, rough to see them both and just be like, they aren't here, they... We'll never mm-hmm. get any more performances from them. Um, and they wasted their time on this piece of shit. Okay, <laughs> come on. <laughs> wasted their time. The um, I also really like, uh, you know, Gandolfini, obviously, from The Sopranos. Um, I think it's the guy who plays Johnny Sack in The Sopranos is Squirrel. Um, and he, I think, is a very funny character. And I forgot about his death scene and how just fucking gross it is when you see, like, the flaps of his head. Like, I was like... I, I was watching this movie earlier today and I was just like, oh my god! Like, because it is basically like, other than like the two or three sort of scenes of violence, it's very like, not you know, jarring. And then there's just that like, very shocking scene. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's a very talky movie. It's just like, people having conversations. Like, I like I feel like that is, people always talk about cinema scores being like, more reflective of expectation versus reality than like yeah. any sort of quality. Right. And I feel like yeah, you want you see the poster of it and it's like leather jacket Brad Pitt with like a gun. And you're like, oh, this is gonna be like a cool ass mob movie and then it's not like no, it's yeah. like everybody's just 
sad and sick and just yeah. like mm-hmm. sick is a very funny way to put it <laughs> uh, just like completely washed out or it, it's just like it's like I think it is like a little too bleak just not that not in its world view but I do feel like it's a little washed out of just like how like empty it looks and it's just like I get what you're saying. Like I get that there's parts of America, obviously. Like he shot this, like presumably in real, like New Orleans, Louisiana. So it like mm-hmm. looks that barren and that empty and like that desolate and like you know unattended to by the government and all these, sure. and all these things. But it is a little like almost like perfect, like uh, is almost like a stage play of just like mm-hmm. these scenarios yeah. where you where you could just conjure like two or three actors talking to each other and nothing else happening around them. Yeah, Jesse James operates in a similar way where it's like um it is uh um almost like vignettes like with these very like for lack of a better word like delicate like fade to blacks like it'll just be like a scene and then they'll fade out and then it'll be another scene and it's just like you are just following mm-hmm. the sort of march of these characters as they all like get picked off and like it's a similar thing here where there is no real like strong timeline you just like have these events mm-hmm. happening and like in succession of each other um right oh, excuse me it sounds like that's kind of how he has structured how he's described the way that he's structured blonde of like kind of it's built around like taking these like images that people have seen and building scenes around them what is that Oh, that's reminding me of something else, but now I can't think of it. Um, but yeah, that is yeah. I feel like yeah. people. I mean, people are gonna hate that movie. Um, he uh, yeah. I mean, has, I, no, has I anyone like, seen Chopper? No. no. I was gonna say I like Jesse James a lot. Also, yeah, I think that movie's fantastic. One one of the better looking movies. Also, I mean, yeah, that's like Deacon's going so crazy. Um, that's Deacon's crazy mode. That's like. That that movie also has the benefit of be like taking over taking part of a, over like a long period of time, and you. Mm-hmm. I feel like that movie. I feel like this movie's shortness almost hurts it a bit, like sure. it's off a shortness because I think Jesse James, you at least get enough time to sit with everybody. Where like even though if they're vaguely similar characters, they're like cowboy that maybe like they're both like base gross, just like you get how they live their lives and they're like weird gross. But like human ways, killing them mm-hmm. softly is almost too much. Like, well, all these people were scum and they died scum, and it's like you you almost can't get much past that. Though it's like I think both Gandolfini and Leota are the two performances where it's like these people are scum, but you sort of get where there was some something there at one point, and it, and it just got like eroded out over time. I mean, especially Gandolfini. Leota is more like, you can just sort of see who, what kind of guy this guy is. Right. And like, the sort of risks and sort of dumb things he took as a person to get to the point where he was. Yeah. And then you just have sort of like Mendelssohn and McNary maybe as like the biggest... Mendelssohn's, I think, specifically as like the sort of biggest caricature of like this mm-hmm. debauched, like evil... <laughs> pure like uh-huh. slime guy uh but then you also have like the sort of small cameos of like uh sam shepherd who i think is really funny in this and right. like just has like a few good scenes he's also really good in jesse james 
Um, well, he's like incredible, Issy James. Basically, he's like he's like one of the par- big. He's great, but Jesse James. Yeah, but I, I I just it's it's nice to see him also you know no longer with us, but it's nice to see him walk around in a bowling shirt with sunglasses on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it is just like talking about how it is like sort of washed out looking. There is the big scene where uh, Mendelssohn like is shooting up and telling McNary about like Andy hates the scene. I'm guessing. I mean, I think it's very the worst I, scene in the movie. It's so fucking long and God, <laughs> I, I, I forgot. I Are forgot there about any it. long scenes in this movie? It's not a very long it movie. Felt forever. It's like basically <laughs> like it's All like right. pretty. Um, you you would have to like take a stopwatch to it, obviously, but it feels like it's like ten minute chunks is like how I would describe it. Yeah, I'm just probably. like Amelia was saying these little like yeah. basically stagey little scenes. But that one I think is so. Um, I mean, the visual thing that he's doing there of like fading in and out yeah. as like Middleton's nodding off and like uh, McNary's trying to get the information out of him. I think looks very mm. cool. It's like a very, uh, I I guess not easy thing to do, but it is just like I'm going to do this little visual trick of like yeah it just making like, you immersed in works. the feeling yeah um, uh i mean i haven't done heroin well sure but, it, but yeah it seems like it it's you know it has an effect certainly yeah uh yeah you you're right that like mendelssohn is the one who's like uh bordering on like caricature like he he feels like he's he would fit in like the halfway house in infinite jest sure uh, yeah, but I don't know. He's charismatic enough to where it's like. Yeah, I mean that's just Mendelssohn's <laughs> whole thing is like he is a crazy guy who talks in a way that I'm like I want to hear everything mm-hmm. he says. Uh-huh. I mean, then he was he went on Bloodline or whatever and gave, just was, was just like a gross person there. Also, he he just yeah, like I guess he just like Animal Kingdom is this. also that I've not seen Animal Kingdom. But. He does it in an episode of Girls. Sure, <laughs> he likes doing that. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, it's like truly like, whether it works as a, pl- a complete piece of political commentary, my guess would be like, kinda, like not, maybe not really, whether it has any like strong hooks somatically is also like a kinda, I think there's some stuff to it, but uh, like ultimately it was just like a collection of scenes featuring compelling actors giving like pretty mm-hmm. interesting performances right. with like dialogue that is 90% good and then sometimes there's like people doing a, a little too much like we're gonna go hard on the pulp here but i feel like that's like 90 percent of the people who do pulp these days they're like they they will just like overwrite stuff but there's some good lines in it there's like mm-hmm. the when brad pitt is talking to the guy and he and he's like every, everybody who fucked up was a guy who never fucked up until yeah. he fucked up it's yeah like, that's uh, a good stuff. Like that. uh there's also when he is talking to mcnary at the bar and he's like, can you do that? Or can you do the other thing? And it's like, yeah, I guess I can't die. So I will help you kill this other yeah. guy. I mean, and McNary's, and McNary's like, ah, ah. Yeah, and he's ah. like, slapping him in the face. It is like a lot of like, you're the, uh, everyone was a guy who fucked up. Like, when he's just like, you're getting a chance a not a lot of guys get <laughs> where you get to help or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, um, it is. I was watching McNary, and I was like, "It is funny that I saw this movie and was like, I love this guy. I gotta see more of this guy." I mean, he is just like I, I, he. Yeah. Because uh, what is the run? Because it's like this, and then like 
Gone Girl's 2014. Yeah, I mean, he's in the Best Picture winner this year and the next year, because he's in in Argo and he's in 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. Yeah. He was just sort of like a guy. He's on... It's him and Taron Killen. Halt and Catch Fire. Right. Halt and Catch Fire, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's great on that. Uh, And he's in Blonde. He's he's gonna be in blonde, yeah. yeah so I feel um, like there's a gap. Like, what's the gap between? Like, what is he in? Like, in between Batman v Superman and then like, come on, come on. Like, what is he in between? I mean, like he things? finished. He did, uh, he did a season of fire, um, True, True Detective, right? Season three season. Really? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, he's in Destroyer. He's right. in War oh, Machine. Yeah. <laughs> that right. uh, I, I guess he's just like he's a plan in the B other. Guy. He's in the other David Michelle movie too, right? Uh, yeah. The Rover. <laughs> Brad Pitt just likes him. I think so. I mean, sure. um, maybe uh, Affleck too. In... He's in Once yeah, Upon a Time in Hollywood and the and the the, the right. scene he's Business got a Bob. Bit. Yeah. Um, oh, he he's in that. Um, What's it? Uh, the Danny McBride, Jody Hill Netflix oh, yeah. movie Legacy that I like. White Hill, yeah, Bill Hunter. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's very brief. I think um, he's very he's in, brief in all of these things. He's in Godless. Yeah, right. Yeah, he and he's gonna of... be in uh, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Sure. He was. And, in he's the... in, and then he's gonna be in Night Bitch. That'll be good. Sure. He was in a few episodes of. Um... Yeah, Night Bitch. Fargo season three. Sure, uh, he was. Like, he's at the, yeah, he's at the very beginning. He, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, killed he's at the end of episode who, one, I think. Yeah, because right. the uh, yes. the, he's the air the, conditioner falls on him. Sure, yeah. Spoilers. He's the Rory Culkin of that. Yeah, sure. Um, but also, what he's in, which I feel like is something that I would like, is the Jamie Fox <laughs> cop movie Sleepless, where I guess he plays like a slimy drug dealer in Vegas in that. Um, which like sure. I, it'll be, I'm sure it'll be. Uh, it would be a fun performance to see. Yeah, but he's in Lyle Lyle Crocodile. He's in uh, Andy's beloved The Comey Rule. Sure. <laughs> Do not remember him in The Comey Rule. There's a lot of people just in The Comey Rule. <laughs> but yeah, he's just like he's like a classic guy now. Where yeah, it's like every time he shows up, he's like, in, oh, like, there's yeah, Scoot. He's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he'll take I mean, all. I the, think he'll he's... take all the roles his hairline allows him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he. I think he's like really good. And come on, come on. I wish he was in that. I, I yeah, he's very good. And yeah, and I mean, like he's yeah. gonna. I mean that that role is almost like you can't have more of that guy in that movie. Sure, I guess so. Yeah. And like uh, you know, I'm not. Halt and Catch Fire is like all those performances are like airtight, like a plus. I do think he's maybe a little underrated, but like then in the final season, he sort of gets his due. I think so. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's a wonderful performance. I need to watch that final season. It's Mm -hmm. been a very long time. Mm -hmm. I maybe even watched, like, the first episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it just, like, is weird because I feel like if you watch this movie and I think at this time you would put, like, Scoot and Mendelssohn at, like, the same level. And I feel like Mendelssohn just, like, took every role to be, like, yep. a sort of more famous Hollywood person. And yeah. Scoot did mm-hmm. it. I mean, he just had that run where he played, like, five villains, villains. Yeah. in huge blockbusters. Yeah. But yeah. He was in uh, the great Ready Player One. <laughs> Yeah. He's really good in Ready Player One. Um, God, I need to he, rewatch Ready Player he's, One. He's I have not pretty seen good in theaters. Ready Player One. I really remember him being very good in Rogue One. I don't remember anything about Rogue One, but I did not um, like that movie. He's, he's good like, in Rogue yeah. One. It's he's like, like I, it's a it's yeah. a fun part because it's like 
He's just yeah, like, like the middle manager villain who gets yeah, fucked it's over. Like fu- <laughs> it's fun because it's like every every like imperial person you see in a Star Wars movie is like a stuffy British person and then you see him and he's just like oh, oh this sucks. Oh, he's just like being his squirmy self and it's sort of an Maybe. interesting dynamic. Sure. My memory of Rogue One is just being I wish literally any actor had anything to do in this movie. He yeah, there's um, a lot of people. Uh, um He's good in Captain Marvel, also. He's he's just a good sure. Talos, <laughs> yeah. right? Get I mean, excited for Secret one. Invasion coming soon. That's the one where everyone was like, "Oh, it's another Mendelssohn villain," and then it faked you out. So at right. least it did that. He, um, um, it's nice to see him be Australian in this. He, uh, I think it adds like a level to the sliminess in a way. There's a classic. Um, like Hollywood Reporter, like not roundtable, oh. but it was just like they were talking to a lot of actors or whatever. And there's just this clip of him where someone's like, "What's one thing you need on a set always?" And he's like, "Water, mate, water." <laughs> like doing like the uh, you know ASL symbol for water. And he's like, "Always gotta have it." And it's just very, it's always in my head <laughs> every time I'm thirsty. I think of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, of course, is in the. Uh, uh, the Damien Sifran movie with Shailene Woodley that finished shooting over a year ago and is MIA. Sure. I did realize that we didn't really say what the plot of Killing Them Softly was. <laughs> um, sure. If anyone doesn't know, it's just that Mendelssohn and Scoot McNary are hired to like knock over a card game that's run by Ray Liotta, who had paid for his own card game to himself yeah Yeah, he he paid for his own card game to be knocked over in the past uh so because it was like no one playing in the card game's money so they wouldn't be affected and he would just get it uh basically like you know risk free and so they're using him as like a patsy to like be the fall guy for this uh, uh scheme and then Pitt is called in to like dispel the situation like take care of Leota and find the other guys who did it um and they end up killing Leota they have to kill the guy who uh uh like ordered or like had Mendelssohn and McNary do it so Pitt is hired by Richard Jenkins and they bring in Gandolfini also so they can both do like the hits simultaneously Gandolfini is like f- too far gone as a hitman and like only wants to drink and have sex with sex workers. And then they end up... Uh, uh, Mendelssohn gets arrested because he has, like, drugs in a locker that he is mm-hmm. keeping so he can uh, start selling drugs. Um, and then, you know, Pick takes care of Leota, works with McNary to get the guy Squirrel who set McNary and Mendelssohn up. And then uh, Pitt ends up killing McNary also. And that's how the movie ends, basically, with him talking to Richard Jenkins again and, like, telling him to give him his money. Uh-huh. That was definitely faster than Asako went into. Sure, sure. Just where I say everything that happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we could let Andy do it again. He'll talk about everyone's drink orders, like Michelle Williams in the milk and take the swallows. It's like, he gets a vodka martini, maybe it's gin. There's certainly olives. Uh, <laughs> 
He gets like four of them. He gets four, and he drinks Pitt's beer, which I think is really funny. Right, and but then, then there's like, a full beer glass on the table after there's that. There's like two beers and two martinis, and he just keeps knocking them all back. Uh, I think like, you mentioned this, Emilio, of just like him actually like, or uh, you like that characters who are supposed to be gross rarely look gross, and you talked about Mendelssohn, but I thought you were going to mention Gandolfini, because he comes in with like these orange-tinted sunglasses, like unshaven, and he's just like this gluttonous, like, like pounding drinks and like sloppy. It, ri- it reminded me a lot of um, Baron Harkonnen from Dune, and just that he's like this like mass of a guy who is just like like fully evil and like you know like I said like the bot he just is like only indulging mm-hmm. and it's uh, I think it's a very like interesting like, physical performance on him when he's also. like. If my wife gives me the divorce papers again, I'll just sign them. Like, yeah, he's like, I can't handle it. And then when he's, like, paranoid that the girl who he's sleeping with that everyone else is going to sleep with her when he's gone, and, like, him and Pitt are talking about that, it's really, uh, I mean, he's just, like, a, a really sad guy. <laughs> Maybe the saddest guy he's ever played. I feel like... Does he play a lot of... I feel like he often plays sad. He does. He, that's, like, one of his things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what's a, what's like a sunshine and rainbows again? <laughs> enough said. Even enough said. He's like a loser. That he's a bit he, of a loser, but he like what he's, know, he's got that, that cool job. <laughs> what's his job? Again? <laughs> he, he works at the, the like the, the television the archives. Center. <laughs> yeah, a yeah, a Korsky sure. ass job. Yeah, Korsky. <laughs> um, but yeah, he. I mean, I, I think he plays a lot of. I'm trying to think what he's like. Not sad in. I feel like it, there was. There, there's either, probably stuff where he's just like a generic heavy. Like if you look yeah, like true romance. Either sad or like, yeah, like uh, evil. Stuff. Yeah. And this is like the perfect center of the Venn diagram. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's really good. I'm excited for Blonde. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch the Nick Cave documentaries. Who knows? Maybe I'll watch. If Blonde I'll watch long, series, how long is Blonde? My guess is long. I don't know if they It's long. It it's like, yeah, it's like 240, I think. You know, I feel, yeah, 2.45, which is longer than Jesse James, because I feel like Jesse James has a reputation of being, like, a three-hour movie, and it's, like, two and a half, two, it's, like, no. 2.38. It, it's, like, it's, like, a three-hour movie in that it's, like, a two-hour, 15-minute movie, and it's a Western, so it's, yeah. like... <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like Dominic's whole thing is, like, destruction of a genre in a way, and I'm curious to see how he destroys a biopic. <laughs> hmm Yeah. Yeah. You know... Maybe I'll, I, yeah, I'm not his, like th- yeah. His whole thing is I feel like it's just being like, we really fuck up stuff, don't we? Like we sure. really, <laughs> we really screw, we really screw these relationships and like our relationships to each other like up and just like the way we treat each other up, don't we? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I like yeah. I just really hate the cynicism. I hate how easy it is to be like, oh, everything sucks. Everyone sucks. Everyone is so bad. And, like, that just really rubs me the wrong way. I mean, this is just the thing, is, like, it wasn't actually easy to say that in 2012 about Obama. It's, no, No. anyone could say that. I feel pretty... Anyone could say that. I feel, I do feel like the movie is also trying, I feel like the part that works about his, his pit speech at the end is being, like, 
like all the uh, well i feel like it what works the best in this what i think might be the most tense scene which is like him and mcmary like the you have these two choices mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. of just like a bunch of people thinking that they have to screw each other over and do ugly things because that's the way the world works when in reality there are people who just hold all the power and could make it easier mm -hmm. for, easy for everybody where it's just like mm -hmm. Whereas, like, McNary thinks he has to sell out his friend when... Mm -hmm. If Pitt wanted to stop doing it, he could just stop doing it. Like, I, he explains at the end, even, like, the guy who's nominally his boss is dead. So he's, like, truly, things are just happening because Brad Pitt is an asshole and he wants people to treat each other like shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I guess this was the first Dominic I'd never seen, in, and I, like, barely knew anything about it going in. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm still vaguely curious about Blonde. Mainly, I think the Joyce Carol Oates factor is, like, the thing that I'm like, what's going on there? Uh, sure. And that it is based on that novel. So, you know, I, depend, I, I think it will largely depend on what the reaction is, is whether or not I watch it. Or, sure. or like, whether someone is like, we have to watch it for end of year or whatever. But um, I don't expect that to be the case, but yeah. we'll see. I will say... I'd say, legit, even if you hate this movie, I think Jesse James is worth watching. Yeah, I, I feel like say. Jesse James is a different enough thing where you It is a different enough thing. I don't necessarily... I'm not going to go out of my way to be like, Andy would love Jesse sure. James. Sure, I mean, me, I me personally, like, true. even take me personally out of it. Like, yeah, I get, I get it that it's like... Right, it, in general, like, thing, yes, sure. I think that is a better movie. It is also just a movie about sad guys, though. It is a movie yeah. about sad guys, but especially it, it, but, it, but it but it is more like yeah, it does give it more space to just be like, well, they were living their lives, and then they just did a bunch of sad things. Yeah, around it's a lot there. more like emotionally sensitive to the guys as like people than sure. Yeah, this and and it's more about, it's more about relationships and yes, and this movie is mm -hmm. almost like about how relationships. That don't exist here. Sure, sure. <laughs> blonde, blonde. I'm just concerned about just like if I'm gonna have the same spot problems I had with Spencer, where, where I'm just gonna be like, uh, we really, I guess we really gave it to Marilyn Monroe. I guess like, <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But I don't know. It might be a more. It certainly looks insane enough to where I'd be like, I am gonna watch it, and I'm just gonna be like. Dominic really did it. He made an NC-17 <laughs> movie. He put it out in for festivals. Well, with that, should we move on to special presentations? Let's do it. Sure. Should I go and... first? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go uh, everyone should be watching 101 Places to Party Before You Die. <laughs> it's the best show on TV. I Every single week... Or not every single week, because... Uh, I we uh, me Amelia and another friend of ours, uh, uh, Nina, who's on the podcast talking about Red Road and Lives of Others, uh, have been watching it together, and um, it every I'm not surprised, but it is just a feeling of like I can't believe they let them do this. Where it's like I feel like often, especially in comedy, you have people who are like I've heard this person on a podcast a bunch, and I think they're very funny. They get their show, and I watch it like out of like fan support i guess and then it just like their voice gets lost somewhere and like it isn't their show and it, and it happens to like i feel like um i this is like a very odd example but like james corden in a way where it's like if you watch like his panel stuff before he had the mm -hmm. late late show he's like a very funny guy i think and then when you watch late late show i feel like 
not that he's stripped of that, but he it just like doesn't feel the same. And I feel like there's a bit of nervousness when it's like a true TV travel show that mm-hmm. it is not going to be like these guys that I know from podcasts mm-hmm. and things, but they really are just allowed to do whatever they want. Uh, they get like so many insane jokes and like runners in where like Gabrus talks about like eating his dead dad's penis and like they leave it in. Uh, it's just it's a very crazy show, but it's also just like they go on a runner about Liam Neeson's hog and yeah, and like how he like pisses his pants all the time. Um, it's a very it's a very funny show. There's like and even in like. Uh, the sort of like we're at this place doing this or whatever, and one of those gamers like talks about watching his cousin go to the bathroom, and it's just like it's really Is every just joke like, on this show about private parts. Jesus fucking <laughs> Andy, so <laughs> stuff caller about it. But I mean, and then like on top of that, they're going to like these crazy restaurants, and every time we watch it, I get so hungry. All the food looks so good. They always are like, I mean, speaking of indulgence, they're just like eating the, like, best-looking food and drinking crazy drinks. Um, and I just can't recommend it enough. I would not like nothing more for this show to go on forever. <laughs> and if you have True TV, I guess you can watch it there. <laughs> I think they're on AMC Plus, or what is it? How do you get the True TV, Andy? <laughs> no, True TV is one of the T-Nets, so that's owned by Warner Media, which, so I guess it would have theoretically show up on HBO Max at some point. Oh, well, then so never. Later. It'll yeah. be nowhere. Right, so, yeah, yeah. so you just uh, look out for it. You can find it, you know, I'm sure. But I just would love to get the word out on 101 Places to Party for Before You Die. It is so funny every week, and I just, I, I have a huge, huge fan. I should give it another chance. The, like, narration in the first episode, I was just like, this is, I, I can't do this. Sure, but, I mean, it... Well, if they, like, figure it out a little, I could see... Yeah. Being more into it. Uh, I can go next. Sure. Uh, I think they should put a second slice of cheese on the Big Mac. Wow. Okay. Where does it go currently? I've never had a Big Mac because I don't. It's on the sauce for bottom you. half, I sure. think. And so I you want one like in on, between the patties, or you want of, one? It's on top no, of the patty I, under the, the middle bun. I believe bun. that yeah, it's on. It's on top of the bottom patty. I just think put another one on top of the upper patty. Okay, that's a good call. I'm always in favor of more cheese on burgers. Um, mm-hmm. But the Big Mac, I mean, quote unquote perfection in a way. It's close. I you think... just think that extra cheese will bring it there? Yep, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's I, not a way it's... for you to get them to do that, right? You can't, like, pay extra um, for extra cheese at McDonald's. You might you be probably could. You probably could. Maybe I'll report back on what happened yeah. when I I mean, maybe just bring McDonald's your own piece of cheese. <laughs> I feel like McDonald's... This is the thing is, I feel like McDonald's has the best American cheese. I'm, like, a little iffy on American cheese, but I think... I assume theirs is just really salty. Sure. Uh, I think it's really good. I mean, I think it is, like, the best of the, like, fast food burger sauces. And I think that's just the thing it needs to take it to the next level. All right. Uh, I'll go. Um, Just a brief... Shout out that uh, Reservations Dog Reservation Dogs is back on uh, on e- on Hulu. It's an FX production. Uh, it's uh, just got some of the most exciting young talent in it, and also like 
West Studi is like a like a like a third tier like guest star like who is really funny in it also. Uh, it's it's you know it's an exciting show. I think it's 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 got uh, just great casting and like a wonderful point of view. Uh, and it's well worth checking out if you haven't heard it heard about it yet. Uh, the first the whole first season's up there, and then the first uh, by the time this airs, the the second season I think believe will have three episodes out. So uh, get on board with Reservation Dogs. Amelia, I would like to plug Tottenham Hotspur football. We're winning the league this year, boys. We're wow. taking it all. Harry Kane, he's gonna be good this year. Golden Boot Defender, Human Son, he's killing it. We got some new players in. Uh-huh. We're we're gonna win it all. We're gonna, where, top of the league, the the Premier League. Where in the season is it right now? Currently, league started yesterday. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> we won the so first get game. On, get in on the ground. Four one. Four to one. Four one. That's huge. Southampton, yeah, you can eat it. Points. Really uh, beat the crap out of them. Really dominated. Antonio Conte gonna lead us to the glory. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. That's what all. song does uh, Tottenham sing? Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, with that, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, or uh, you can do so at Can I Kick It. If you want to follow us. On Letterboxd or Instagram, we're at CIKI Pod. If you want to donate money to us, which we would love right now as we're getting ready to go to TIFF, yep. you can uh, do that at coffee.com slash can I, ko fi dot com slash C A N N E S I. Is there any? Oh, if you want to email us, you can do that at uh, can I kick it at gmail.com or can I kick it pod at gmail.com. Podcast? I think it's pod. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, Can I kick it pod at gmail.com. Um, all lowercase. Yeah. Sure. And, uh, if you want to follow, ticket is the TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Can I kick it is the TikTok. YouTube search. We're still getting into it. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, if you want to follow me on letterbox or Twitter, you can do so at Clatchley C L A T C H L E Y Andy, Andy T germ, A N D Y T G E R M. Emilio? Uh, I left alone on Letterboxd. I am left alone on Twitter. And there will be one YouTube short on the Can I Kick It account by the end of this week. Wow. And then wow. Jesse. Uh, J-C-P-G-L-I-C-K-W-E-B-B-E-R. J-C-P Glick Weber. And our theme song is by Tree Related, who's on Spotify and SoundCloud at Tree Related. And then Jesse? I will go ahead and release our audience. Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye.